If there's an issue that you just can't seem to get a handle on, you know, that resolution that you make over and over again every January 1st, or that goal that's been sitting at the top of your goal list for 10 years, and, you know, not because it's something that takes 10 years to accomplish, or maybe it's a problem that you have actually solved five or six times now because it won't stay solved. Well, then this episode is for you. We're going to be talking about why this happens and how to get out of this frustrating cycle. All right. All right, everyone, take your seats or lace up your sneaks. We're about to get started. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel. And in this show, we talk about what it takes to create healthier mindsets and habits in our own lives, as well as how we can create healthier communities and workplaces. Whether you're working on your own health and well-being or promoting healthy behaviors is your job, we're going to talk about what works, what's hard, what's needed, and what's next. Let's jump in. Welcome to my first episode as the solo host of the Change Academy podcast. As you probably heard in our last episode, change has come to the Change Academy. After three years as my co-host, Brock Armstrong has decided to step away from the mic and into the production booth. There he is over there. Hey, Brock. But we're going to carry on here with a series of episodes looking at behavior change from some different perspectives. And today, I want to talk about something that I see a lot, and that is a source of enormous frustration. And that is when the solution that we're applying doesn't fit the problem that we need to solve in order to create the outcome that we want to create. But first, if you are a newer listener, I want to make sure you know about a free resource that we created, especially for new listeners. It walks you through the eight things that we think you need in order to create sustainable change. It's sort of our manifesto. And you'll often hear me refer back to the concepts that we talk about there. So if you want to get up to speed, or you're a longtime listener, but you could use a refresher, you can download a listening guide to our eight things, which includes show notes and worksheets at changeacademypodcast.com slash notebook. But now let's talk about this situation where we have a mismatch between the problem and the solution. And I think the most important thing you can take away from this episode is the ability to spot those mismatches so that you can stop spinning your wheels and move on to more productive effort. Let me start by giving you some examples of what I'm talking about. Let's say we want to improve our financial situation. We're sick of running out of money every month, so we decide to spend less money. Now, this can be the right solution if there's a lot of excess and unnecessary spending going on. But let's say that even after cutting back on expenses, we're still running out of money every month. So we keep trying to wring a little more juice out of our cost-cutting efforts. But you know what? There comes a point at which there's nothing more to cut. So what if the problem is not that we're spending too much, but that we're making too little? Now, if overspending is the problem, then cutting back on expenses would be the right solution. But if under-earning is the actual problem, then instead of looking for more ways to save more money, we should be thinking about ways we could earn more. And that's going to involve an entirely different set of strategies, right? So I'm not saying that increasing your income or earning more is going to be easy, but 
at least now you're working on solutions that address the true problem. So do you see the difference there? Here's another example. A few years ago, I noticed that I was starting to struggle to read the newspaper or books in the evening. And I figured, okay, I'm getting to be that age. I need to get some reading glasses. And reading glasses did help a little bit, but I was still struggling. So I got some stronger reading glasses. And that really didn't seem to help very much. So Okay, instead of the cheapies that I was buying at the drugstore, I invested in better reading glasses. Still not great. And I finally realized that I was solving the wrong problem. I didn't need stronger reading glasses. I needed more light in the living room where I was trying to read. So one thing that signals a problem-solution mismatch, a sort of red flag, is when we keep increasing our effort or the intensity of whatever it is that we're doing, but we're only seeing incremental improvements in our results or no improvement whatsoever. Here's another example. Let's say we're feeling disconnected from our partner and we want to feel closer to them. So we read a book on how to communicate better, you know, ways to be a better listener and so on. And when that doesn't seem to work or make much of a difference, we read another book or we try another strategy geared towards improving communication. But what if the problem is not that we don't know how to talk to one another or we don't listen well? What if the problem is that we are overbooked and we rarely have time in which we can actually talk and listen to one another? The solution to that problem might be to eliminate some other obligations in order to make more time for that communication to happen. The desired outcome, feeling closer to our partner, hasn't changed. And either one of those solutions, either improving our communication skills or making more time to be together, could be the answer, but it really depends on our ability to identify what's actually keeping us from realizing that desired outcome, and then matching our solution to that problem. So this is a theme that we've talked about before. Our episode on what, why, and how problems, for example, as well as our episode on the attention-intention-action cycle. Both of those episodes talked about this from the perspective of analyzing the problem before we jump into solutions. And as we talked about in those episodes, and as I'm talking about today, sometimes the time that we spend hunting for and implementing various solutions might be better spent understanding the problem. So I've just given you a couple of examples that describe really different kinds of situations. But I think that if you can start to see what all of these have in common, then you're going to be able to better recognize solution problem mismatches when they crop up in your own life. So to that end, let me give you just a couple more. Maybe we aren't sleeping very well. So the desired outcome is being able to count on a good night's sleep most of the time. So we try all of the sleep hygiene stuff, the sleepy time tea and stretching before bed and room darkening shades but none of these solutions address the real problem, which is that we're suffering from sleep apnea, or maybe our partner is snoring, or our cat is a jerk. These problems are going to have very different solutions. 
Or here's one more. One of the things that a lot of the people that I work with struggle with is stress eating. And they'll tell me all of the ways that they've tried to solve this problem. They try to exercise more self-control. They throw all the snack foods away. They try to find healthier snacks. And these solutions are mostly focused on the food and how to eat less of it. But with any sort of emotional eating, the behavior, the eating, is not actually the problem. In fact, when you think about it, the behavior is an attempt to solve the problem. It is a coping mechanism. If we're stress eating, the real problem here is the stress. And we're going to get a lot further with solutions that focus on stress management and mitigation, solutions that help us understand and diffuse the conditions that are driving that unwanted behavior. By the way, if stress or emotional eating is something that you struggle with, you might want to check out my Stop Stress Eating program, which I created to offer my clients more support and to help them find the solutions that actually solve this problem. That original program unfolded over the course of five weeks, but it's now available as a self-paced program, and it even includes a private coaching session with me just to help you work through anything that you're finding particularly challenging. So we've just made this available and you can find out more by going to wayless.life slash stress. But what I really want you to understand is that it is not that the solutions that we're reaching for are necessarily bad solutions. They may just not fit the problem that actually needs to be solved in order for us to get to the thing that we're trying to accomplish. But here's another thing that I've noticed. When what we're doing isn't working, when we're not making progress, so often our tendency is to simply try a different flavor of the same type of mismatched solution, a different time management program, or a different budgeting tool, or a different flavor of sleepy time tea. And this is when I hear people saying, I've tried absolutely everything, but what they really need is to be looking in an entirely different toolbox. Okay, it's time to convert this idea, this insight into action because we don't create change by listening to podcasts, right? We create change by applying what we're learning here in our own lives, in the situations that we are actually facing. So how are you going to recognize if this is going on for you, what are the signs that a solution doesn't fit the problem? Well, if you've been trying to solve the same problem or accomplish the same goal for a while now, it's worth asking whether there might be a mismatch between the solutions you're applying and the problem that you're trying to solve. So start by identifying your desired outcome. What would define success for you in this situation and be as specific as you can. Okay, now before brainstorming solutions or action steps, take some time to think about what seems to be getting in the way or holding you back. What barrier needs to be removed? See if you can get some clarity on the problem that actually needs to be solved in order for you to succeed. And then finally, ask yourself whether the solutions that you've been applying are a good fit for that problem that you've now identified. Are you trying to fix sleep apnea with sleepy time tea? Should you leave the aisle where they sell the reading glasses and go over to the aisle where they sell light bulbs? 
So if today's episode triggered any aha moments for you, or maybe some follow-up questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email to hello at changeacademypodcast.com. Now we're going to continue exploring this topic in the next episode when I'm going to be talking with Cassie Christopher about how problem solution mismatches often show up in the workplace, especially in the context of workplace wellness programs. So I hope you'll join me for that. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Monica Reinagle. Our show is produced by me, Brock Armstrong. You'll find links to everything Monica mentioned in today's episode in our show notes, as well as on our website at changeacademypodcast.com, where you can also send us an email or leave us a voicemail. If you're finding this podcast helpful, we hope you'll subscribe or even better, give our show a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. Or, best of all, share this episode with a friend or colleague you think would enjoy it. Now here's to the changes we choose.